welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined by Craig Campbell for a game of Capers Covert. Craig is the owner of Nerdburger Games and the designer of Murders and Acquisitions and Die Laughing and, most relevant to the purposes of this episode, Capers, a card-based role-playing game of Prohibition-era super-powered mobsters and criminals which has spun off at this point into several period-specific setting expansions. First, there was Capers Noir, which updates the game into the 40s, and now Capers Covert, which takes the same super-powered heroes-versus-villains mentality and applies it to spy stories of the swinging 60s. Now, if you know me, you know how much I love spies. I wrote a whole role-playing game about them. They're a thing that is close to my heart. They're all over Party of One. So you know how excited I am to play superheroes and spies and... This is a lot of stuff that I love, and the episode was a ton of fun, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Capers Covert is currently on Kickstarter. It is already funded uh, the first day of it. It's going up for three more weeks. Go back it. Make it happen. Make it a reality. Go get your game and your expansions. It's super cool. I can't recommend it enough. Check the show notes for a link to Capers Covert and for more information about Nerdburger Games. And on that note, I think, uh, why don't we go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Craig Campbell. Craig, thanks so much for coming on Party of One. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm here on Party of One. Woohoo! I'm so excited. I, I, I appreciate your excitement. <laughs> I, I am feel, feeding off of your enthusiasm. It gets me jazzed up. I'm happy, I'm happy to have you on the show. Real quick, though, before we dive in, why don't you take a moment, tell us about the game that we're playing this week, as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want the listeners at home to know about. Sure. Um, my name's Craig Campbell. I'm the owner and lead designer at Nerdburger Games, um, and uh, I've designed several role-playing games. Uh, the first one was called Murders and Acquisitions. I mean, it, 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 it's still called that. It's not, it wasn't, was. Um, and, uh, you know, that's out there, and that's kind of a, a really ridiculous tongue-in-cheek game about climbing up the office uh, ladder, the corporate ladder, by whatever means necessary, you know, killing people, throwing them down elevator shafts, all that fun. Sure. And, the usual uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I designed a game called Capers, and I'm doing, um, uh, well, th- th- that game is uh, essentially uh, super-powered gangsters in the 1920s. So during the Prohibition era, you can play a gangster or you can play a law enforcement character, um, but you have superpowers. And it's, uh, it's the 20s, and it's, it's, that, it's kind of the romanticized version of the 20s. Like, you know, right, it's the, it's, the, it's the untouchables, the movie, yeah. the 20s. Never mind the fact hell, that these Hell are, of a pitch. Yeah, never mind the fact that these people were murdering thugs. Um, right. We're going to play kind of the, you know, Honor Among Thieves and kind of the cool the cool aspect. Yeah. Um, and then that game has um, multiple uh, 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 supplements that uh, I came out with a one called Capers Noir a little while back that kind of takes it from the 20s up to the 40s and makes it a crime noir story. Um, the one we're going to be playing tonight is... Um, for a Kickstarter, in, kind of in conjunction with the Kickstarter for Capers Covert, which takes it to the 1960s and takes that uh, criminals and law enforcement with superpowers into the realm of kind of classic James Bond-style super spy, super villain uh, gadgets and, and all that sort of thing. I love it. I'm very, I'm extremely excited. I, I feel like 60s, 60s spy stuff is extremely up my alley. Superheroes are a thing that I literally went to college for, so I feel pretty I feel pretty confident that this game is extremely my jam, and I could not be more excited to get into it. Uh, and then I made a game called uh, Die Laughing, which is a uh, GM-less, kind of zero-prep short play 
horror comedy game where everybody plays a character that's in a horror comedy movie and everybody's going to die and you just need to make it as funny as possible. Um, that's a, that a hell of, again a hell of a pitch. I feel like you. I feel like you know how to get it so that I go. Yeah, all right, I'm, I'm in. You got me. Yeah, I've spent some time figuring out elevator pitches. That's a it's a good skill to have. Yeah. It is a valuable skill to have. Uh, at which speaking of, we're gonna we're gonna engage in this actual play podcast focused on two player role playing experiences. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and dive into the game. I'm feeling pretty much uh, extremely ready to go. Sure. Um, okay, well, uh, here's the first thing you need to know. This game doesn't mm-hmm. use any dice. Put your dice away. Get rid of them. Perfect. You don't need a single one. Um, you do, however, need a deck of playing cards, like a typical poker-style deck of playing cards with two jokers. I've got that in front of me. I've got the... We, we laid out... It's got the red joker and the black joker. You said that one of they need to be color delineated so that one is good and one is bad. We have our black joker is good and our red joker is bad. Okie dokie. Um, and we'll get into how the system works in a little bit, but suffice it to say, right. it's kind of like a little gambling game you'll be doing every time. It's a press your luck system. Um, feels very appropriate to the, the world, the James Bondian spy world. Yeah. Well, and these, you know, these characters are gambling with their lives when they're, whenever mm-hmm. they're doing anything, the criminals are gambling with their lives. The, the law enforcement people are, are out there, uh, you know, risking themselves. Um, so yeah, it, I, I, I feel like it's uh, very appropriate. It was a lot of fun. It was a fun system to design too, because it mm-hmm. was, it was, it was a challenge. Um, and it, it revealed a lot of interesting things, um, at the table that I hadn't really planned right. for. Uh, the basics of the game is, uh, your character will have, um, six traits. Um, or, or do you, do you want to start with a, a little bit? Start, start yeah, what? with a little bit about the character. Who's who's this character? Yeah. What are you thinking about playing before we get into the... So, uh, uh, you, you threw me the list of superpowers to jump ahead a little bit. And, and so the superpowers that I, I ended up going with were uh, a dimensional pocket. So, which immediately spoke to me as somebody that, like, steals things and mm-hmm. has a space to store things. Admittedly, it's because I've been watching a lot of Lupin the Third lately. And so the <laughs> idea of playing a thief was right up my alley. Um, and then the other one, as I look through the list of powers, I almost went alter form, but that felt a little bit obvious. So instead I went with hypnosis, which, and I kind of realized that that feels very carnival like huckster. Sure. So my character is, uh, Shanks Crookshaw. <laughs> Shanks is a, a literal carnival barker. Shanks was a carnival con man, a, a card shark, a, you know, a ace up the sleeve literally uh gambler and you know con artist that ran afoul of the wrong people and has ended up you know working with uh the government more so out of hey this is the easiest way to avoid getting to avoid getting the book thrown at me and hey you know what if it means i get to pull off a con or two and you know have some fun along the way because i don't think it was ever really about money it was just kind of about doing it because i was good at it and i wanted to show off a little bit sure so this kind of gives me a new avenue for showing that i'm good at what i do and kind of putting myself over people okay sounds good um, how about Got a we little s- bit of a healthy ego? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, how about we say that he was? Um, this is a he, yes. Yeah, he pronouns he his. Yeah, and here we go. Uh, yeah, train going by. Sorry, everybody. Oh, you're good. Um, City noises are going to happen. I yep. am not closing my window today because <laughs> it is the first time in a week that it is cool enough for me to have the window open sure so listeners at home i apologize for city noises 
Um, okay, so let's say that you were uh, Shanks was recruited into um, Oracle, which is the right. office for reconnaissance, apprehension, and cataloging of lethal entities. Which is to say, it's the it's the government organization that keeps an eye out and kind of uh, tries to cap, uh, catalog and apprehend um, when criminals, um, uh, people that are capers, that is in the game capers, um, you know, somebody who has um, preternatural abilities that has mm-hmm. superpowers is called a caper. Um, Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Uh, for, from one person that wrote a ridiculous acronym organization to another, how long did it take? Uh, to I come up to with know. that one, I went through about 10 different words, like five or six letter mm-hmm. words, um, before I found one that had a lot of good letters for things like reconnaissance and catalog, you know, and office. That that, mm-hmm. it, it, that could have been organization, you know. It could have been a lot of yep. things, um, yeah. And then there's also, you know, there's a, there's there's another there's a you know the the bad guy organization that ran into the same kind of thing, um, where yeah, it took a while to come up with that. I I mean, as 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 somebody that spent a lot of time writing a game that required ridiculous acronyms, I uh, nothing but respect. <laughs> um, well, you've noticed that capers is an acronym for I have for the for the Chariz- for your uh, charisma, agility, perception, expertise, resilience, and strength. Yeah, and that's my little homage to face rip to the yep. old Marvel game. Um, so anyway, uh, where were we? Okay, so you've been recruited by Oracle. Um, basically, you were you, you know you, you got caught. Um, yep. And they said, well, rather than send you to prison, we're going to register you and yep. you're going to go and pull jobs for us. Um, kind of uh, kind of almost black ops, like you're going to be even yeah. more off the books than the normal agents are off the books. Uh, you know what? That's a that was OK with me because, you know, you know what? Uh, you know what? You can't be if you're off the books <laughs> on somebody's radar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, yep. it made it easier to do the things that I love to do. There you go. Um, so we got a basic rundown of the character. Um, yep. So basically, to, to create the character, what you need to do is you've got your powers, and we'll get to the, uh, yep. those in a little more spe- specificity in a minute. Uh, but you've got six traits. Um, charisma, agility, perception, expertise, resilience, and strength. And they're all pretty much what they sound like. Um, for, the, yep. for clarification, expertise is it's brain power. It's, it's your smarts, your, your reasoning ability. Sure. Um, and then resilience is kind of your physical fortitude. Um, gotcha. And so what you'll have is one of those traits will be rated as a one, one of them mm-hmm. will be rated as a three, and all the rest will be twos. Got it. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with a go with I'm gonna go with a. My one is gonna be strength. I don't think I I don't think I'm I'm throwing a lot of haymakers. I don't think I'm a a, a rough and tumble kind of guy. Sure. Uh, I think that my. Resilience and expertise are definitely twos. I'm trying to decide if I want my three to be charisma, agility, or perception. I kind of think I might even want it to be... I think I'm going to go agility. I think it's agility. I think I am I am nothing if not slippery. Sure. And I think that that feels, that feels like the right three to go in. Sure. And, then, and we'll be getting to skills in just a moment, and you'll be able to round things out a little bit to give right. yourself the, uh, the appropriate capabilities. Um, because these are just the six traits that kind of govern. Yeah. Basically, when we're playing the game, you'll be making trait checks based off of these traits. Um, and so, yeah, for, for the, the typical array is from one to three. Um, and then in the game, you can get fours and fives if you take the appropriate powers. Cool. Um, and then, so you've, 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 you've selected those? Yep. And written that all up. Um, 
So the way this works too is now each trait has a defense score that's associated with it, and that becomes a target score for when somebody's trying to do something against one of your traits. Cool. Um, and so the way those work is whatever uh, your strength, I guess, is a one. So your defense score is an eight. All right. And that's an eight on a you know, like on a card flip. Yeah. Eight or better. Um, for everything that's a two, your defense score is a nine. All right. And for your agility, which is a three, your defense score is ten. Cool. Easy. And then you'll be able to pick um, some skills, and your, the number of skills you have is based in part off of your expertise. So it's two plus right. it's two plus your expertise score. Cool. So you've got an expertise of two, so you've got four skills to choose, and these are things that your character is particularly adept at, um, or has like specialized training in. Sure. And uh, you've got you got a list of skills in front of you. Are you? Is that in? Would that be in covert or the? Uh, it'll be in the main book. book. I suppose we should uh, right. point you to the room. Uh, oh, and this is my note that this is heavily edited. So pause as you need to. Sure. Flip through things as you need to. It's page seventeen. Page seventeen. For the list of Perfect. skills. Got it. There we go. So I get four skills. Uh, sleight of hand, obviously. Sure. I mean, there's no doubt there. Uh, to clarify um, on a couple of them that might be a little off, conveyances is vehicles. Okay. Um, so basically everything that's mechanical that's big, generally speaking, cars, trucks, uh, motorcycles. And then um, mechanicals is um, like smaller. That's that's um, mechanical and electrical and, at, as of the 60s, electronic um, devices. Got it. Makes sense. Which and it also so, yeah. so it also includes things like locks. Sure. Simple. Okay. Simple, well then, yeah. I think I want. Me, I think I want mechanicals. Yep. I think I want mechanical, sleight of hand, stealth, and I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with diplomacy. Okay. As I'm assuming, diplomacy is is sort of is diplomacy kind of more specific, or is that more generally like making somebody like you? Uh, well, you can do that via diplomacy or deception. Diplomacy is um, kind of focuses on your character is telling the truth, being honest, um, whereas deception is you might be crafting lies and making up uh, alibis and things like that. Which brings me to a very valid character question that I think I think diplomacy is almost more interesting if it is if it, if I'm kind of upfront about like I like the idea of a thief that is upfront about like if you can catch me. Right. I'll tell you how I did it. And it doesn't mean you can't be deceptive. It just means you'll right. be better at, de- at being diplomatic. I think there's a level of ego there that I find very exciting. So I think <laughs> I'm going to go diplomacy. All right. Those are your four skills? Yes, indeed. Um, so you'll be able to, uh, you, you'll be able to use all of, and you know, uh, uh, you'll be able to do anything, attempt anything, but those four things you'll be particularly good at. Then we have uh, some traits, or, or sorry, some, some scores that are based in part on... Uh, your character, uh, you know, on your traits. You've got a body, mm-hmm. your body score. That's yep. going to be the target score to hit you. That's going to be equal to your agility defense. All right. Um, so and that's it, 10. It could be higher if you had the appropriate, uh, you know, if you had some powers or something that gave you right. a bonus. Uh, your mind score is equal to your uh, perception defense. Great. So that's a nine. And that's the, uh, you know, that's the ability that, that's that, that the mind is for, you know, when somebody tries to hit you with a mental power, tries to affect sure. you mentally. Um, your speed is going to be 30. 30. Great. Um, and then you've got hits. Actually, I kind of skipped past that on the character sheet. It's back to the left of that stuff. Yep. Um, that's your hits is your total, you know, it's your hit points. It's your, uh, yeah. your ability to take a pun. And so that's going to be your uh, four plus your charisma modifier. 
or your you know your crit- your charisma uh, score plus yep. your resilience score. So that is a total of eight. Uh, should no, or, or sorry, I, I goofed that up. Four plus double each of those. Four plus double each of double those. Double your so charisma and double four, your resilience. Four. So four, four, four is twelve. Twelve. That's right. So you have twelve hits. Now, right. as a comparison, the typical non-superpowered character has like two to five. Okay. So I'm gonna take. I can take some punishment. Yep. Just by your nature, Dig you it. can you can yeah. take a little knocking around. Um, and then you'll also have um, Moxie, which is a pool of points that you can spend to gain a number of different things. And you'll start with three, and your maximum three. is five. All right. Um, and we're going to kind of forego getting too crunchy into, like, you know, spend this much money for your gear and how much you have left yeah. over and all that sort of thing. Um, we can, uh, let's, let's assume, let's, let's hit a couple of things that we know your character is going to want to have. Right. Um, and just assume that you've been able to afford these at this point. Um, yeah. So... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever imagining I, whatever I wasn't given some whatever I wasn't given I swear whatever you know whatever I couldn't afford somebody gave me and whatever somebody wouldn't give me I stole right and we'll we may feel if we if we don't think of something now and we're getting in the middle of the game and you say well would I ha- would I have this and you know we'll make the judgment call and say yeah it seems yeah. reasonable that you would have that so so yeah. we don't get bogged down right here um, but I imagine you probably have a set of lock picks um, yep you have some other you know just kind of general uh, uh, thievery oriented things you got a flashlight and um, oh wait! Well, you've got you've got your dimensional pocket to carry stuff mm-hmm. to get out. So, and you also you know you have the perfect way to be able to carry as much gear as you want to be able to carry. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I like you know. that I have kind of a very large duffel bag <laughs> of like illicit goods that I can use for crimes that I just like. <laughs> very, it, it, which feels very. I mean, you know, I was I was it's talking about inspirations that feels very loop on to me of like, yep, here's my duffel bag, here's my wire cutters, my flashlight, my. My gloves, my zip ties, all the things that I need to do what needs to be, to, to get in and, and steal what needs to be gotten in and stolen. All, po- uh, all part of a balanced thief. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what do we think about uh, what, kind of, what kind of weapon would he typically carry? I In general terms, of, we're just looking at like pistol, shotgun, rifle. Probably like a pistol and a knife, like something small, because I don't think that he, you know blows his way out of situations so i feel like it's probably like a very maybe like a small pistol like a really like uh not so much like a a you know not a dirty harry not not quite a dirt not a dirty harry a little bit more than a derringer like something that will sure you know take somebody out but not necessarily like blow their head off or or kill them you know brutally but enough that they that i if i need to shoot somebody in the side, I can, I can knock them, you know, take them out for the time being. Sure. Okay, so you've got a pistol. Um, yeah. And a pistol does, its damage is suit plus one. Suit plus one. And we'll, we'll deal with what that means. And it's got a range of 50 slash 150. 50. Um, and a knife uh, has a damage of color plus one. Color plus one. And a range of 20 slash 60. All right. And so that's kind of short and long range, right? Yep. Um, and we'll get to, we'll deal with the rest of it. Now, there's there's something in here, too, that I think for a short little thing, that, like what we're doing today, we're not going to necessarily dive into because it's primarily used to um, reward characters for playing their character appropriately long term and kind of playing their personality. You also have an identity, a virtue, and a vice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, identity is just kind of a generally what your character is all about, what they're kind of core being is a virtue is like the one thing that they hold to that they consider important to them their vice is their thing that you know gets them in trouble 
Um, so, right. and, and you can certainly, you know, utilize that sort of thing in role play. But rather than going down the whole list of all of them and, and, and wasting, you know, spending a lot of time here for something short. But just for the for the listeners to know that that is something that you would you would go through as a as part of character right. creation. Yeah. Um, and it comes into play with regaining moxie, for example. Uh, real quick, I'm just looking through the list, and it feels pretty easy for me to kind of go, like, uh, sure. my identity is a rogue. Sure. My vice is, I mean, it's it's probably it's probably gambling. Like, that feels right. Sure. And, like, that feels right, especially as a, as a con man. As a con man's con man, going with gambling feels right. And also, and then we'll say, uh, my... I kind of like loyal as a virtue. I like that. I like that. Maybe that's part of why I've stuck around instead of like trying to leave. Is like I'm like, well, I told him I would. I told him I would be here. I told him I would do the job. So you know, God damn it, if I'm not going to do the job. Oh, honor among thieves. You yeah, gave you gave him your word. Of, and plus, I mean, I got. I have to prove to them that I'm the best there is. <laughs> Oh, then I'm deaf. I'm so arrogant. I'm changing that. I'm changing my vice to arrogance because that feels it feels very good if I'm just constantly kind of like putting my skills in the wrong moment or like show <laughs> flaunting things when I should not be. That feels right. Sure. Um, All right. Okay. So then we have each of your powers or your two yep. your two powers, and each of them has a standard effect, and they have like you know there's a there's a um, an activation of what it takes to kind of utilize the power, and if, if it has a range. It, it's listed there, those types of things, duration. Um, and we'll deal with those kind of individually as we go. Um, but basically, your um, uh, 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 dimensional pocket power, the standard effect is basically you have you know a, a pocket of extra-dimensional space that follows you around that you can yep. keep things in. Um, you're the only person who can access it. Nobody can see into it, anything like that. Um, and then you have, what was your other power? Uh, hypnosis. Hypnosis, which allows you to do what it sounds like. You can basically, the standard effect allows you to hypnotize somebody. Um, you can basically, you know, kind of put them in a trance um, for, for, you know, the standard effect is for one round. There's ways to make it last mm -hmm. longer. But what we need to do is with each of those, we need to figure out um, what boosts you have. Um, and boosts in the game are whenever you have uh, your, when you have, uh, for, for your first rank in a power, you get three boosts. And then every rank that you take for that power later, you gain another boost. Mm -hmm. And boosts are things that make your powers cooler or more versatile, or they provide like some related kind of uh, effect that's kind of in the ballpark of what that power is. Right. Um, and so for your powers, you've got, I'm, I'm just finding, I'm finding it in my book here real quick because I want to, yeah, hypnosis. Um, the amnesia boost allows you, uh, makes, makes the person forget that they got hypnotized. Um, the extend boost is the one that allows you to keep them hypnotized for a longer period of time. Extraction allows you to um, um, ask a question and they have to answer truthfully. Um, implant allows you to implant an idea or a false memory in there. Post-hypnotic, you can actually give them a trigger to do something. Mm -hmm. um, range increases your range. And twin allows you to, uh, allows you to uh, hypnotize two people at a time. So how many boosts do I get per power? You get three. Uh, I think I want ranged, twin, and uh, probably amnesia. I want ranged, twin, and amnesia. I want to be able to very quickly... Uh, I'm not too worried about... I don't need a lot of, like, incepting or taking things out. I think this is more so, like... Uh, I think I think I see this a little more as... Um, kind of my getaway card, for lack of a better term. Sure. 
this is my, this is my, hey, you never saw me here. And that's kind of as deeply in as I've gotten to it. I never really like, I probably, I maybe, I like the idea that maybe I could go deeper. I could maybe like, you know, go those things. Those could be boosts that I take later on. But I think as, a, I think as a, this thief, this thief's kind of like, look at the, look at the, the dangling watch is very much just like a, and when I snap my fingers, you never saw me here. And then I'm like, dis, I disappear. Sure. As for my dimensional pocket, the options that I have are I can use an ally boost, which is somebody else. Uh, an object can appear in the hands of others within 30 feet. Uh, multi boost, I can retrieve or place up to three items in the space. Uh, pocket boost, I mean, pocket boost was the one that I knew I wanted all along. Like pocket boost, I like the idea of having a suitcase or a duffel bag or like the pocket of my jacket and just happen to pull out the thing that I need. Right. It allows, so you, allows you to transfer something from your fancy dimensional pocket into a container, into a pocket yeah. or a briefcase or a purse or something like that. Uh, I'm going to go return boost. I can return objects I retrieved as a free action on the same turn I retrieved them. And size boost. Uh, the pocket is five feet in diameter while I maintain that boost. So if I need it to be a little larger, I can kind of go a little larger. Okay, so which ones did you say you were taking? Uh, pocket boost, return boost, and size boost. Um, and uh, and that's your character. All right, I like him. I I I very much like him. I like his ego, and I like the fact that he has reluctantly he is. I I I feel like he's got a lot of interesting motivations, and I like him a lot. I'm very excited to do a little bit of spy action, and then kind of maybe leave it on a very dramatic cliffhanger. <laughs> All right, how about we do this? Um, let's let's take it as written that a couple of things have happened. Given that you yeah, are yeah, yeah. an Oracle agent, you've had your mission briefing, which is to say sure. you went in and you uh, perhaps flirted with the money penny type, or uh, you know, or or had uh, you know talked to the guy that hangs around in the front office of the, of the Oracle office all the time, mm -hmm. um, who knows far too much about what's going on and, and exchange information with him. And you eventually met and you were kind of given your, your mission. And you also met with your gadgeteer um, mm -hmm. And we're going to outfit you with um, a pair of binocular glasses. Perfect. Love it. So you can see uh, 10 times magnification. And um, we're going to hook you up with a grappling belt, which is basically the, the buckle of the belt can shoot off like a small grappling hook with a micro, uh, micro wire that uh, allows you to... You know, help you help you to climb up or to you know yeah. rappel down from somewhere if if the need should arise. You know, always good to have a getaway. Always good to see things coming. Always good to have a getaway. Yeah, we don't know if those will come in handy because you know when you watch the James Bond movie, it's like you know everything he gets from Q is going to come into play at some point. That's I think that, and frankly that's Q's superpower, right? Yeah, is that he knows that's, what's that's, going to happen to James, and so he gives him exactly the tools that he needs. Yeah, <laughs> no wasted no wasted gadgets. It's great for accounting. Accounting appreciates that superpower. <laughs> um, all right. So um, you are, uh, Shanks, are going to be mm -hmm. in Las Vegas in the 60s. Classic Vegas. Oh, home sweet home. <laughs> um, specifically at the Sands Hotel. Out in front, there's the big, you know, 45-foot-tall Sands uh, sign with uh, the marquee underneath it stating that the Rat Pack is performing nightly. And um, you're, uh, but you've been dispatched because you are a new agent. Um, you are uh, not in the system, so to speak, quite yet. Sure. They're asking you to go looking. There's there's rumor that somebody has has uh, managed to procure 
um, information in the form of, um, and it may, it may have gotten gotten pulled from one place, it may have gotten pulled from multiple places. Um, the analysts are still looking into it, but they want to get on top of this as quickly as possible, that um, people's uh, non-official cover, mm-hmm. the knock list, as we all know, from, uh, from the first Mission Impossible movie. This is the list of Oracle operatives by their real name and their covert names. Mm. And in many cases, their locations, information like their fake social security numbers, their fake passport information. Um, And this information may be in the wild and you are being um, um, dispatched to investigate Anthony Toombs III, who is a um, renowned, well-known black market information broker. Um, to see if he knows where this is it, if he's involved, if he's uh, uh, responsible for it, or if he, you know, perhaps is in the market to buy something and you might be able to work something out with him to get this mm-hmm. from him. Um, and it's known that uh, he spends a great deal of time at the Sands because he actually uh, has a, uh, a, 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 like a permanent residence, essentially. He's purchased yeah. um, a suite on one of the upper floors. And he's there all the time. But it's hard to get to see him. So at this point, you're just at the sands. Right. Um, and given that you enjoy your gambling, um, even if it is not your full-on vice, you can still like it, right? I, I, I The thing is, I'm good at it. And I really like showing There you off. go. Gotta sh- I, I kind of need I need people to know. like, And that's, you know, admittedly, it, it, it helps the mission a little bit because I can make myself very publicly known. I can make it very clear that I am here and that I am, like, looking to interact with people. But also, it really just helps me, like, it helps me feel more comfortable because I am used to, you know, carnival, back room, uh, poker game in a tent playing three-card Monty. And it helps me kind of show show these these... Rich muckety mucks that uh, I know a thing or two that they don't, and they I've got I've got a few tricks as well as a duffel bag full of stolen goods up my sleeve. Alrighty, um, and uh, we're gonna put you starting out here as as we fade into the scene at a poker table, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know the rules for baccarat. That's fair. I don't think any. I don't think anyone does. I believe even James Bond like guesses. Yeah, he just places bets and just hopes, and then the dealer tells him and you know, pushes a bunch of chips at him, and James is like, "Well, thank you." Well, all right. Um, so you're there playing poker, um, and there's uh, at the table is uh, you know a uh, like a rich kind of Texas oil man, big wig look guy, kind of a high roller type. Um, there's a, uh, a, a a lovely woman who is in kind of a slink, kind of slinky, even for uh, kind of an evening gown um, outfit. She's uh, long blonde hair, and she's uh, she's. Um, she has a kind of a quiet demeanor about her, but she's she seems friendly. And so when she does kind of chit chat with people, she's you know she manages to kind of get all eyes on her occasionally. Um, but then you know there, there's a there's a little something in her in her eyes that makes you think maybe she's up to something. Um, there's also a uh, kind of a really buttoned down business uh, man who is um, you you've been around enough cheaters in your time to know that this guy is keeping quiet looking at stuff he's really focused and he's paying attention to stuff you you could swear he's probably counting cards 
He's yeah. probably got some sort of system that he's keeping in mind, like how many high cards, how many, or, or uh, uh, what cards are showing, what cards aren't. Um, he's 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 looking at uh, he's he's uh, you know doing his seems like he's maybe doing his best to study people too, maybe tra- trying to place tells. Um, and figure out what's going on. I, uh, counting cards. I don't know. I, I suddenly went into counting cards. I don't know if you count cards for poker. That's I a blackjack thing. I think that's I think a part of the, there's a part, part of, of the one game of the as well. You can kind of keep track of. Yeah. I, uh, however, however the, uh, the 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 deck is played. But regardless, yeah. he's he's really concentrating on what he's doing. He seems like he's kind of maybe a little out of his depth, but he's trying really hard. Um, and you've seen that type before. And so uh, there you are, and we'll say you know the uh, oracle has, has hooked you up with, uh, let's say about three hundred dollars in um, you know just disposable income, which is a tidy you know not a not a bad sum mm-hmm. for the sixties. So uh, Shanks, I'm picturing very much like a Jack Klugman, like an Oscar from The Odd Couple type, <laughs> um, ruffled tweed suit with the with the brown uh, elbow patches. Um, and is sort of started like leading back in the chair a little bit and it's sort of um this is this is this is part of my intentional poker strategy is i am looking like uh the rubiest rube that ever rubed i, I am just consciously like looking like i do not care to be here like i'm some I'm, I'm puffing on my very stubby cigar i am you know looking at the cards with one hand and then talking through the cigar like yeah, this is probably good. This is probably fine. All right, let's do this today. Okay. Hey, big big text. Big text. You going in? You going in? We're gonna go. We're gonna go hard this one. We're gonna go hard this one. We should go hard this one. Uh, he gets right up in your. You know, he he turns to you and kind of gives you all of his attention. Leans in a little bit, kind of fat fists, um, pushing a couple of chips. And there's like, you keep talking over there, boy. We'll take care uh, of things here. We'll see how this plays out in this next hand. All right, I'm all I'm all about it. I love it. Love a good game. Happy to be here. Happy to be at the stand. Uh, the the young woman who's there is uh, seems slightly bemused. Um, the the business suit looking guy just like is not paying attention to what any of you are doing. Um, how let's let's do this. Let's 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 figure out how you're gambling. Let's let's see how you do. But how are you gambling? Um, that's one of the things in capers is that there's not specifically a gambling gambling skill because you mm-hmm. can gamble in a lot of different ways. You can. Um, play the numbers. You can play the odds, mm-hmm. um, and that becomes kind of a just kind of a smarts thing, right? You can um, attempt to play the player, so you can try to read people and, and determine tells. Um, you can also go out and out mechanics um, style mm-hmm. and cheat and actually try to manipulate cards and sleeve cards and move cards um, and misdirect and sort those sorts of things. Um, I am. I mean, or I you can just or you can just suck it up and just play whatever you know whatever you're dealt is what you're dealt, and you're not really trying. If you're not cheating, you're not playing. <laughs> I feel like that's 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 carnival. That's carnival play 101. Is if you're not cheating. And besides, it's not like I don't have a deck of cards. It's not like I don't have a deck of cards and six aces, you know, <laughs> ready to drop at a moment's notice. Like, I mean, this is not my first rodeo. Sure. Literally, the carnival used to run with a rodeo. It was uh, <laughs> a whole thing. Sure. Um, okay, so um, how are you? Uh, you're 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 actually yeah going straight up mechanics like actually yeah. what they what they call a card mechanic. You're 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 manipulating yeah. the, the actual physical cards. So let's do this. Let's call this an agility uh, sleight of right. agility sleight of hand check. Every ch- every sure. trait check is based off of a trait and a skill. And the way it works is you will have you have your trait score in for your agility. That's what 
Uh, my agility's three. Um, and that forms what is called your card count. If, if you have the appropriate skill, in this case, sleight of hand, do you have that skill? Yes, I do. Then you gain a plus one to your card count. All right. Um, and if you didn't have sleight of hand, you'd just stick with straight agility. So you can always try anything even if you don't have the skill. Sure. Um, and you will be able to, in this case, have a card count of four, which means that you can flip up to four cards, one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and each time you flip the card, you will determine whether you're going to stick with that card or flip another one. And you can All go right. up to four. All right. And I assume high number is good from one, from one to ten? Um, yeah. The way it works is um, the pip value of the card two, three, four, all the way up to ace high, determine success versus failure. So there'll be a target right. score that you do not know because that's part of the gamble. Mm-hmm. And um, the suit of the card determines the degree of success or failure. Okay. So, and it starts at clubs being the worst and goes alphabetically up diamonds, hearts to spades. Spades is always the best suit. So you might flip a very high card, but with clubs. So you're going to barely be successful, and there's going to be a complication that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Or you, so you, and if, if that's the case, then you might decide you want to flip another card and try to get a better, you know, continue to, to get a successful card, but with a better suit so that you're more successful, but you risk failure in the process. Yeah. So I flip the king of diamonds. Okay. King is very and, solid. Diamonds is, is okay. Um, and I feel like for now, I think I'm actually going to stick with the king of diamonds. I don't necessarily need to need to pull off a lot of extra. It's more so at this point, I'm more so just kind of establishing that I know what I'm doing. Right. Like at this point, I'm playing the game to play the game and to fit in and to just kind of uh, stand out enough that I get noticed and not enough, not enough to like draw attention or to, to get a specific set of eyes on me. OK, um, you, uh, you you stick with that. You play uh, your hand of cards. And um, you end up um, winning the hand, but none of the other uh, batters went in real heavy. The, 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 the Texas guy went in with a little bit, so you won some money off of him. The other two kind of folded quickly. Um, and the next hand starts, and they all start to, uh, you know, everybody's getting dealt cards. And let's, uh, let's do one more. Yeah. Um, so that's- betting goes around, and I'm going to say this. We get to the point where... Um, very early, the, uh, um, the, the young lady you see starts to, um, you've seen this in, in people that are kind of, uh, you know, this is kind of a tell you've seen with, with people before too. She's got a small stack of chips in front of her. She's, she's almost like she's lining them up, getting ready to push them all in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you feel like she's about to make, she's about to do something big. So I've, uh, i my first card is the nine of diamonds. I'm going to uh, flip another card, and I think I am going to stick with the Ace of Spades. I think, I, I think I'm going to stick with the Ace of Spades. <laughs> okay, you stick with the Ace of Spades. Um, she does, in fact, go all in, and in order for you to stay, with, you know, to stay in, you have to go all in and match her, mm-hmm. um, her, her total that she put in there as well. So there's a lot of money in the pool. Uh, in the pot, and uh, the the Texas guy, he stuck with it for a little bit before she finally went all in. Um, he dumped out um, the business guy. Like he 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 actually gets up and like grabs his drink and walks away from the table as soon as things start to kind of nah, get Tex, really what big. Are you, where, where are you going, Tex? Oh. No, no, Tex stuck Tex, Tex oh. stuck around. The business guy oh. decided this. Is- oh, where are you where are you going, Shark? Typical shark. He's going to duck out the second it gets hot. Yeah, he, eh. he uh, Ooh, eh. this guy to- just waves at you and just kind of has this look of like, oh. Man, that was a mistake. <laughs> it walks away. Um, and with Ace of Spades, um, in the game, um, 
Uh, an ace is, you know, is ace is high. Ace is always successful at what you're trying to do, so that's good. Um, spades is what's called when you succeed with spades. It's called a boon, so you succeed even better. Um, and with it being an ace. Um, an ace is always a boon as well. So this is actually one of the best cards you could have flipped is the ace of spades. Mm-hmm. It's, it's successful with two boons. So we're going to say the, uh, the success with, and one of the boons basically is what got you a bunch of money. We're going to call it like another hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had another boon there that, um, despite, um, losing all of her money, um, the woman, um, become, uh, she doesn't like, she doesn't throw herself at you by any means, yeah. but she, she seems to, she, she, she kind of says, well played, well played, sir. Well played. I'm, uh, and she seems, she seems impressed. And I think I, I, I think I'm like, uh, I, I rack it up and then I, I kind of like give the gesture for like drinks and everything. And I tip, I tip like, I tip way too much for the, for the drinks that come. But like, I'm just like, eh, it's nothing, you know, it's, it's. It's card tricks, honestly. If you if you you know you played one hand, you played them all. It's um, and she um, introduces herself as Crystal Conway. Holds her hand out. Crystal, they call me Shanks. Damn fine pleasure to meet you. Um, she shakes your hand. She produces a cigarette from a silver cigarette case um, because it's the '60s. You can smoke yeah. everywhere. And she uh, you know she kind of gets up with the cigarette between her lips and looks to you expectantly. I I I. I I flip out a very ugly lighter, <laughs> like not a cool lighter, but like, but I, you know, I flick it and it doesn't light at first. So I got to flick it a few more times and then I light it because, uh, you know, it's a few lighter fluids, the lighter fluids a little low. So it takes a few shots, <laughs> but I, I do eventually light it. Shick, shick, shick. And then it goes, right? <sighs> uh-huh. It'll get there eventually. She it's all takes good. a draw off the cigarette. Um, and uh, let's let's do a, uh, a perception insight check on your part. Okay. She just lost a bunch of money to you, but she's being awfully friendly. That's a little mm-hmm. out of the ordinary. You're used to like trying to see, like, hmm, wonder what she's up to. Insight is kind of figuring out a person's in- intentions. So that's going to be two two card uh, a two card flip with no uh, so two uh, two cards. I'm going to flip the first one is the Queen of Diamonds, and. I don't feel like the odds are very good that I'm going to do better than that. Well, here, I'm going to throw this out there so we can show off the system a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you can spend Moxie on, actually, there's two things that might help you. One is uh, mm-hmm. if you were to flip another card and not do too well, you can spend a Moxie to get another card. Okay. Um, you can also spend a Moxie to recall one of the cards that you previously passed on for this trait check. So you could gamble to try to get something yeah. with a boon to do, you know, do to do extra well. And if it doesn't quite make it, you could always flip another card or you could spend a, by spending a moxie or you could spend a moxie to go back to that queen and just and take that. Let's spend that moxie and flip that card. That is actually the queen the king of clubs. I'll take the king of clubs. Okay. That sounds like a good that sounds that's a, that's an improvement. Okay. Um King is better. Right? Is it? No, wait. You're right. No, wait. Clubs is worse. Clubs is clubs is a bad is a bad suit. What it works is is uh, if it's successful with clubs, you succeed, but there's a complication of some sort. Actually, clubs succeeding with clubs is one of my favorite cards to see in the game. I'm gonna use. Um, let's stick with it. You know what? Let's stick with it. But I won't use the moxie. I won't use the moxie to recall it. So I, I flipped my second card. It was the king of clubs. Let's go with it and see what happens. Rather than giving up the moxie, you'll just eat the complication. Yeah, we'll eat the complication. Complications are fun. Yeah, they drive good story. All right, so um, she seems impressed with you. She seems like um, she's 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 got an interest in you. She seems like she's uh, like she's 
just this side of asking you something, but she's not quite mm-hmm. sure how to phrase it, how to put it. Um, and you do catch, um, uh, as part of what, as kind of the complication, I'm going to put this in there. She glances kind of over your shoulder um, real quick. And, you know, one of those where she like, she looks very specifically in a direction. And um, here in the sands, there are, there are mirrors in a number of different spots to confuse people and keep people from walking too far. And they just want you to walk to another table. There's no clocks. You know, it's all the standard tricks mm-hmm. to, to yeah, keep yeah, you yeah. in the casino. It also makes it look bigger and busier and more fun. And you catch in one of the mirrors that she's looking at um, a tall, thin gentleman who is wearing, of all things, he's got a suit coat and a tie on, but he's wearing a top hat, like an old school top hat, which is not something you see too often in the 60s anymore. Oh, all right. Okay. So I got I got eyes on my back. But, so you know, that, based you know. on your uh, you know kind of, you feel like she you she just looked at him and kind of gave yeah. him a, gave him a look, kind of a knowing glance of some sort. Hmm. All right then. So I um I I lean forward. I I put out the cigar the the cigar, and I I you know wipe my lip a little bit, and I just lean forward, and I'm like, so. You know, it's getting late. I got some uh, I got some money to spend elsewhere. So uh, let me put it to you this way. If you got something to ask me, it seems like it seems like you're dancing around the subject. So I would say you've got about you've got about one question left to ask me what you need to ask me before I uh, go off on a spending spree. You dig? Um, she kind of cracks a bit of a smile, looks to you and says, uh, you're not here just to gamble, are you, Shanks? Oh, oh gosh, no. Of course. Oh, come on. You've got to know me a little bit better than that. I wouldn't put all of this work into winning everyone's money if it was just mine. If it was just for me. I mean, well, no, I'd have put in the work either way, but I'd have done it a lot quicker. I guess if I guess is what I'm trying to say. Truth is, I'm looking for a I'm looking for a fella named. Uh, well, I, I've been calling him Tommy Toombs in my head, but I'm sure that ain't exactly what his name goes by. So, something like that. Supposed to supposed to talk with him about, you know, this and that, you know, uh, stuff, uh, you know, gossip, talk around the town, that kind of thing. Sure, you get a flash, uh, just in her eye, kind of a flash of recognition when you say the name Toombs. Um, like she doesn't immediately get a puzzled look on her face. Like, you know, the, the typical person, Mm -hmm. they kind of give themselves away very quickly. If you ask somebody about, I'm looking for this person. And if they don't know who you're talking about, they immediately kind of have this, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know who that is, but she has this kind of mildly, um, and she starts to kind of chat you up with what turns out to be like, really, um, like she's, she's coming across as interested, but not too interested in you. Um, and as if she's, uh, you know, she, the questions come and they're kind of, they're leading questions. She's trying to get you to say more. And she's trying to get you to kind of uh, throw something out there and maybe uh, see if you'll reveal something more about what you're, what, do you, uh, I guess the question, you know, ultimately comes down to, there's, she's not going to be, there's no check that she's using to kind of manipulate yeah. you or anything. It's really a question of whether, where, where you take that. Um, um. I think I take it where I kind of cut through the nonsense. Like I said, I think my specialty is not deceiving people. It is, it is, you know, showing my hand because it makes the card trick all the more impressive. So I just kind of say, like, listen, 
I got business. That's really as much as I feel like I can say. If you and your friend in the top hat want to, you know, know something and want to take me somewhere, great. If not, if this is going to turn into a whole thing, that's fine too. But I would appreciate it if you were up front with me, because I'm being a little bit up front with you about, you know, what's going on here. So why don't we cut through this? Why don't we skip ahead a few chapters and we get to the... We get to the we get to the uh, you know the meat of the matter here is in which is uh, ideally me uh, me across the table from tombs but if there's a detour on the way, well so be it, right? It's Vegas. Um, as you as you ramble all of this out, she st- like the, that crack of a smile. She it just turns into like a little bit bigger of a smile and kind of turns into a smirk. Like she she's she's. A, she's a little proud of your of herself. It seems like for forgetting you just to start to kind of ram out there and putting your cards mm-hmm. on the table that you're you're not looking to to screw around more. And she says, uh, "Well, I do know that top hat there works for t- his right hand man. I guess that's the phrase." Well, all right then. I appreciate you know damn decent of you to 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 put it on the table. Let's bring him over. Let's have a round of cards and we'll see where the night goes. And I kind of spin in the, I like awkwardly spin in the chair. Sure. Um, you, you take us, you spin around and you look and you see that uh, Top Hat has started to walk away and he's headed like right toward the elevator bank. He, he has no line of sight to you, but he's heading to the elevators. All right, then. Well, I guess I got a meeting with this fella. It seems like he's not exactly in the mood for mood for gin rummy. Go fish. So uh, I should probably go grab him and see where uh, see where he's headed. But uh, hey, listen, I, I, I push back like I push back her money and I'm like, you played You played a great game of cards. You beat the best. Don't lie. I can't believe you beat me in a hand of cards. Uh, you know, at least you left. At least you left empty handed. Um, so you're giving her her money back. Yeah. Okay. She, well, she, uh, she accepts it. She thinks that's, uh, um, she's, she's, uh, clearly just kind of taken aback by that. She takes, um, a little bit of the money that she had there, um, that you gave back to her. Um, she hands it over, you know, slides it across the table to the dealer to tip, um, and then gathers, you know, kind of does the, the forearm scoop of all the chips into her, her handbag and gets up and starts to walk away. And I am going to, uh, like hustle i'm gonna you know weave between people kind of uh consciously moving through crowds like consciously kind of uh bumping into a few people so that the old ladies on the slot machines get very angry which is a true story which is a true story experience of jeff stormers uh (laughs) consciously kind of uh occasionally like bumping up against like an old slot machine lady and moving that way to kind of clearly make it so that um to clearly kind of not put eyes on me, but more so just sort of like um, cause a little bit of commotion so that there's a to, to maybe either stall top hat or to put him off guard a little bit so that so that he, he kind of go, takes a more direct route that I can more easily kind of tail a little bit. Um, okay, well, he's he's tall and has long legs and is really you know like has a straight shot and he's he's uh, for despite his his height he's not gawky um, he mm-hmm. doesn't walk around like a baby giraffe he he you know he has a purposeful gait and he is moving he gets you know kind of gets to the elevators rather quickly um, question for you do, when as mm-hmm. you as you're heading away you're leaving um, Crystal Conway behind do you 
Do you ever look back? Uh, I think I do kind of throw a glance back just to, to make sure that I'm not being followed. Okay, you take a look back and you see that she has walked away. Um, she's not following you, but you catch her looking back at you. And I give her like a, I give her like the two finger salute. <laughs> That's not the British thing with the two fingers up. No, sort of the, <laughs> gotcha, the two got, fingers, yeah, the little like cockeyed over the eyebrow, kind of a, looking at yeah, you. Yeah, a little bit of a wink. Yeah. Okay. Um, you got it. So you are able to get kind of across the uh, the the casino to the to the uh, elevator bank, um, and you have to make a choice. There comes a point where the elevator's opening and Top Hat's about to to walk inside. You could bolt and catch up to him, or you could just let him go into the bank and into the elevator. Um, I am going to uh, slide on my glasses, my binocular glasses. Mm-hmm. As the doors are closing, let him let the elevator door close, but I'm going to kind of consciously uh, like watch very carefully, keep my, you know, pay attention to see if I can spot the, the button, the button that he pushes or the, the key that he turns or what what he does on the elevator that I might mirror it uh, on the next elevator. Comes. Okay. Um, you see him, uh, like he lets a couple of people off the elevator. He gets on the elevator as, be- as best you can tell. There's no one else on the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, he reaches in, you know, to, uh, in, in, in you're outside, you know, from the front. So you're not seeing the button itself, but you can kind of see yeah. where his arm goes. Um, and you see where he pushed, where he goes to push the button. Um, and then you, uh, you know, you eventually catch up, um, you know, you can click off your glasses so that you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at like <laughs> the detailing on the elevator door. Um, when you get up tight to it. And uh, there's, of course, there's the, uh, you know, the old time 1960s um, ticker, which is basically, you know, it's a, it's a half circle of numbers yeah. with the arrow um, that follows the, uh, the elevator car. You see where it's going and it's going up and up and up. And from where he put his, uh, you know, pressed his uh, hand forward, you're guessing that, you know, typical elevators, the, the, the numbers start one, two, three at the top and they go down or yeah. uh, sorry, go ahead, start at the bottom and go up. Um, and he seems to be as, pre- he's probably pressed fairly high on there. So probably to a high, f- um, and he, this is a 16 story, uh, tower. The elevator goes, um, all the way up to the 14th floor and, you know, stops there briefly, um, and then starts moving back. So I'm going to just kind of casually grab the next elevator. Sure. Press the button. And, uh. I think I think I'm gonna make sure that there's no one waiting, and if there is, then I'm gonna use a little bit. I'm gonna consciously. Uh, I think what I'm gonna do if anybody's waiting is grab a, a another cigar and like puff it. You know, raise a stink. Uh, <laughs> kind of. You know, scratch myself a little. Just make it make myself the ugliest tourist I can to kind of get people to like be like, I'll let you have this one. Sure. Um, well, rub my nose a little bit, you know, <laughs> you make yourself repugnant yeah. and, uh, have, you know, no real problem, uh, with getting on an elevator by yourself. Um, and, uh, a lot of big yawns. Yeah. <laughs> you look at, uh, you know, you look at the, uh, the elevator buttons inside and sure enough, yeah, the numbers are, you know, the higher numbers on the top. Um, so it's, it seems, you know, it seems fairly likely that he pressed for Let's head to lucky number 14. All right. So you go up to 14, um, which is actually the 13th floor because there is no floor numbered mm-hmm. 13. And uh, you get off the elevator and you see, uh, you know, the, there's the, the corridor stretches out in two directions. And uh, this, the, 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 the Sands Tower is this big circular thing. So, like, you're going to be, like, the corridor is going to walk in a circle. 
I mean, there's going to be like service areas and you know, janitor closets and storage and stuff like that, kind of in the middle with along with the eleva- elevator bank and stairwells, and then the rooms are all the way around the outside of the circle. And um, you, uh, you get out of the elevator, you look both directions. There's nobody, but there's you know there's it's it's a nice it's the sands. It's a nice hotel casino. So there's like the little the little end table with like you know uh, flowers on it, and there's little paintings and things, and there's the, all the rooms. Well, you know the really fancy placard of what the room. Um, you know, but you don't see anybody here, and certainly not Top Hat. Hmm. All is quiet on the floor. Hmm. But then again, you can only see, you know, about a quarter of the floor. Right. Well, I think, uh, I think what I'm going to do, uh, and I'm going to make 110% sure that there's no one around. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to reach into my dimensional pocket. Okay. I'm going to pull out my glove, my leather glove, <laughs> my sleek driving glove. Sure. Italian racing gloves. Of course. Uh, leather-esque okay gotcha uh i'm gonna pull out my and i'm gonna pull out my uh the 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 gloves are leather-esque but the stethoscope is is medical quality (laughs) okay and i'm gonna start putting it to start putting it to doors and walls and just periodically kind of stop put it to a wall see if i hear anything you know, do a little bit of like uh, of seeing where, seeing if I pick up any conversations, if I hear anything, as I kind of wander casually, wander the halls, <laughs> listening making... at the doors with a stethoscope. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Old thief trick. <laughs> sure. You uh, you start walking around. You hit a door. Um, you don't really hear anything inside. You hit a door uh, inside. You get to the third door and you start listening. And at that moment, you hear footsteps from up ahead of you. And uh, a, a gentleman um, dressed in what appears like he's, he's, he's in jacket and tie, um, but the jacket, you know, it's it's not the jacket matches the pants, but it's not like you know, mm-hmm. it like, doesn't scream suit like this was probably yeah. these, were, these these pants and this jacket were matched um, to look as close as possible. They weren't probably purchased together, but he's got the look of like somebody who's um, kind of well put together and he's got um, a uh, like a badge um, stuck onto his uh, the uh, uh, lapel pocket of the of the jacket um, doesn't look like any uh police badge that you've seen in las vegas mm-hmm. um you get the feeling that it's a security badge of some sort um and he walks over to the next door that you were about to go to um mm-hmm. and, st- and stands in front of it um and and just like takes up watch like just stops and he's got his back to the door he's looking straight forward and every so often he looks to the left and he sees you um as he's coming around like this are you doing anything with the stethoscope or are you just Uh, happily listening at the door i think i think the stethoscope so i think what happens is two things i think the stethoscope and the gloves uh immediately go back in the pocket right like i've got my I have my uh, my return uh, boost so you for can the go dimensional whoop, whoop, pocket, all, so they all kind three of, of them go right back in the pocket immediately. Yeah, they just you know, and the, and then uh, I think what then comes out of the pocket is I just had to do a little bit of research to make sure that these things existed in the '60s, <laughs> and not only did they exist, but they were particularly unpopular, which means that this works very well. Uh, I pull out a child's yo-yo. <laughs> okay. And I'm just I, I walk I walk by and I'm doing uh you know cat's cradle I'm doing all of the cooler you know walking the dog, and I kind of stop, and I turn to the I turn and I'm like, hey, hey, uh, badgie, <laughs> um, name a name a trick real quick. 
he uh his his uh facial expression does not change he still looks like mildly irritated just like it when he first set up uh, in front and he just kind of looks at you there's Oh, come on. You got to um, come on. I'm just, you know, it's late. I'm bored. I lost a bunch of money. Name me a trick. He points down the hall in the direction you were headed. All right. I'm going to do one trick for you. All right. One trick. You seem like you could use some entertainment. And this is this is my this is when I start, you know, I do it. I, I, I hit it. I do a I do like a cat's cradle or, a, uh, you know, I don't know that many yo-yo tricks, admittedly. Sure. <laughs> so I do one make, and make, I kind of just let it. I do. Uh. So I do the I do the Ouroboros. There you go. And I, I let the, the yo-yo dangle for a second. And I'm just like, eh? Eh? And then the yo-yo dangles from side to side. And it drifts from side to side in a very hypnotic pattern. Oh, look at you. And I'm like, eh, look at it, eh? What do you think? Uh, he's looking. Are you actually using hypnosis? I am actually using my hypnosis. Okay. Which I think is tied to my yo-yos. Okay. Um, okay, well, here's what's gonna, here's what we've got going on, and, and All right. you can make, um, uh, for hypnosis, you make a charisma willpower check. All right. Um, and your target is going to be his mind score. All right. Um, and so at rank one, you can basically put him into a trance at, uh, for, for a round, basically. Um, and so you did, you did not... I do not have willpower, so it is going to be too charisma. Right, you did not take the extend boost, so you can technically keep him in a trance um, for an extended period, but you have to make the check every turn. Like you have to, yeah. you have to keep hypnotizing. If you had the extend boost, you could hypnotize him one time, and then you could maintain that boost to to keep him hypnotized longer. So I am going to uh, going to go for the hypnosis. So that's going to be a two card flip. Mm-hmm. I drew the eight of spades. I think I'm going I'm to take my other flip, and then if I need to use a moxie to recall it, I think I will. Okay. Uh, the King of Hearts. Higher score, slightly worse outcome. I think I'm going to go with it. It's not, it's, not, it's not a complication. It's not a, it's not a bad outcome. It's not quite as good as the spades would have been, but I, it's, I want the higher result. Sure. Um, okay, well, you've got him. Now, tell me, uh, you, you, know, you have like this, uh, this fancy little thing you did where you uh, used the, the, the yo-yo as a... Uh, for your hypnosis, but when uh, in the game, most of the powers um, ge- powers generally have some sort of calling card to them. There, there, mm-hmm. there's something spectacular. So with hypnosis, it's often like it might be you know a sound that gets created, you know, like a drowned, or your eyes might glow, or you know, like wh- what's what's the uh, what's the thing that makes it like ridiculously clear that you're using a power. Because that's what's important for amnesia too. Is like he's gonna forget that that ever happened if you were to ever use the amnesia booth. Uh, I think that the yo-yo starts like flashing and whirring as if it were a mechanical yo-yo that has not been invented yet. Sure. And it's like the flashing lights and the whirring, and like the uh, the dancing of the yo-yo. Like it starts dancing and kind of like almost. I said it was an Ouroboros trick, which I'm picturing as a very kind of circular intertwining string. Sure. And so, like, the, it kind of starts to dance, like, the yo-yo starts to dance as if it were, like, a serpent, and it kind of starts to rise up in front as if the serpent is rising, as if the serpent head is rising, <laughs> and it's dancing, and it's flashing, and it's whirring, and I'm just holding it there, and I'm just like, well, don't you step aside so for it's, a second. So it's clearly out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um, 
it has started to do things that a yo-yo cannot physically do and starts flashing and whirling as if it were a device that is not that is years away from being invented in the 1960s. Um, now, here's the thing. You did not take any of the boost that allows you to actually make him do anything, but he just right. kind of stands there um, and doesn't react to you, just stands quietly. Um, so, so then I'm just going to kind of casually like slip around. You right, know, one like, of the things you, you could, my way you around could nudge him. Like you give him a little nudge and he takes a step and kind of gets a little bit out of your way, but then otherwise just kind of uh, yeah, stands there. exactly, exactly what happens. Yep. Um, so you do that. That gets you to the door without him kind of being in the way. Um, what are you going to try to do there? And he stays, uh, you know, essentially hypnotized for a round. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, certain, I mean, I'm assuming the door is locked, so I'm going to certainly try and if not, I'm going to, you know, click the open thing and assuming it doesn't open, I'm going to crack this lock. Um, yeah, you're going to need to pick that. Um, yeah. that's going to be agility mechanicals. Yep. To, uh, to pick a lock. So that's going to be four cards. Yep. Uh, that's a 10 of, a 10 of hearts. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the 10 of hearts. Okay. Um, you pick the lock. And um, this fella um, starts to realize, um, you know, this is like, you know, his next round, so to speak. Yeah. Um, even though we're not in any sort of initiative here. And he kind of starts to come out of his daze. Um, did you want to, um, to, to kind of snap him back into that daze for a second? Yeah, I think I should. Okay, I think so that's he, probably the here's right Here's what call. you're going to ultimately want to do. This is the way we're going to learn how boosts work. Uh, you, can, you can use up to three boosts in a given turn. And you mm-hmm. can use, but you can only use each one one time. All right. Um, and and you can use boosts from different powers. Great. So in this case, you're I'm a, you're uh, you're looking at like you want to you want to use amnesia to have him forget about this. Uh, yeah. Having taken place, right? So yeah. you're going to make a check. Um, well, or actually, let me back. Well, let me describe it this way. Whenever you use a boost, um, for each boost that you use, you reduce your card count by one for whatever okay. it is you're trying to do that turn. All right. So if you were shooting a gun and had four cards, you would go from four cards down to three cards. In this case, you're going to be making that charisma check normally at two cards minus one now so that so you one can, so that he will forget this. Um, so you're going to be at one card, but you've got Moxie to get that extra card. So that's going to, I flip the card. That's going to be the queen of hearts. The queen of hearts. You're going to stick with that? Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with that. All right. Um, you kind of keep him in that daze for a round, and um, you've got the amnesia boost in place, so he is going to forget doing that. He's going to have a weird moment where he was like, he remembers standing in front of the door, and then now all of a sudden he's a, you know, a step or two away. Um, so he'll, you know, it's a little odd, but he won't remember mm-hmm. like you walking around him. Um, yeah. So you can slip inside the room at this point. I think exactly what's going to happen. I think I walk inside. I think I look around. I see what I'm up against. Um, you walk in, and um, standing in front of you, like you, you walk in the door and like shut the door, and you walk into the suite, and right around the corner in the suite is Top Hat. Top Hat, hey buddy. And he says, "I understand you've been looking for me." You know I have. You know I have been, buddy. And then it occurs to you, you remember like looking back at her and she was looking back at you. And as you were, you know, uh, parting in the casino, you were walking to the elevators and she was walking straight at the public phones. Hmm. Yep. All right, then. Um, and uh, he invites you to come in and sit down and says, uh, uh, wait, wait, let me let me uh, r- remind me. Did you uh, 
You just told her, you just told uh, Crystal your first name, correct? Yeah, okay. just Shanks. Um, so he says, uh, "Would you care to join me for a drink, Mister Shanks?" Mister Shanks. Well, yeah, you know, one. I figure one name is fine, right? Um, and he, uh, your top hat. I'm Shanks. <laughs> who, who needs more names? He invites you over and says, uh, uh, "To a uh, like you know, like a little sitting area." Um, if this were a room unto itself, it would be the smoking parlor. You know, it's like mm-hmm. nice plush furniture um, with a big fat, you know, g- one of those giant cigar ashtrays um, with a cigar box and a cutter and a lighter um, and um, a little table to the side with um, a couple of different brown liquors and glasses and ice. Um, and he pours you a drink, um, hands it to you and motions for you to, to have a seat at the uh, in one of the chairs. All right, don't mind if I do. And I sit, and I, I, you know, it is. I sit, and I immediately start leaning back and wavering, and I'm toughing the. I, I, I'm still. I, I am continuing to puff the cigar. And he says, uh, "We'll just wait for a moment here." And take uh, your time. He sips his drink and put, you know, lights up a cigar, and you hear a click, and the door open, and in walks Crystal Conway. And uh, she walks in over to uh, right in front of where the two of you are seated talking. And uh, she looks at you, glances, you know, kind of half turns, glances back around, kind of didn't have any trouble getting past Bruno, did you? Ah, Bruno's, Bruno's a teddy bear, his sweetheart. You know, I, uh, I, gave him, I gave him the doe eyes. You know, I, I asked nicely. I said, pretty, pretty leaves with sugar on top. And he let me walk right by. She says... Yes, of course, I was. And for just the briefest moment, her skin turns crystalline. Mm. Um, and then turns back to uh, you know, human skin. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this, just this slight tinkling of sound, like, you know, the sound of a, like, of, of crystal or glass kind of chiming against, you know, like a, a crystal chandelier might sound. Mm-hmm. It's gotten caught by the wind, um, that slightly wind chimey sound. And uh, the the fellow that you know as Top Hat, um, who's currently not wearing his hat, he's taking it off, says, uh, well, let's have a talk. And um, that, I think, is kind of like, where is this? I feel like that feels like a good cliffhanger. Um, I feel like that's... Where is this going? Who's Top Hat? He said... uh, A lot of good questions. He said, uh, you've been looking for me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Crystal apparently has something up her sleeve. Uh, This becomes, you know, at this point, if this were a longer adventure, it would become a question of... You know, okay, where is this information? Does uh, does Top Hat have it? What's Crystal's involvement in this? How do you get the information? If you once you get it, you know how you get out of there. Would there, you know, do we have a you know a great car chase sequence at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, do we have? You know, do you have to uh, take out a half dozen uh, hench people? Um, you know, all of the classic uh, uh, yeah. kind of spy caper. Uh, tropes that could come into play, and uh, you also have that grappling belt with you. If you wanted to, you could go over the balcony, yeah, and, uh, and go down you know. a couple floors to get out of uh, get out of a scrape if you needed. Always a good way to exit a scene. <laughs> I do think the last thing that we see before the cliffhanger is I take out the uh, I take out the the yo yo and I start twirling it around, <laughs> not doing the hypnosis, but kind of just like putting all of my cards on the table, kind of pun intended, of like <laughs> swirling it and kind of going like you know. Let's let's talk. I think that we've all got a lot of things to talk about today. Sure. And that I think that's great. our that's our cliffhanger. <laughs> I think and that's game. That's fantastic. I god, I love this game. This is a very cool game. 
Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, oh, I, <laughs> if, I if, if you listeners it. out there enjoy it, there should be a Kickstarter going right now. Hopefully, uh, literally at this moment, yeah. uh, go back to the Kickstarter for Capers Covert. This is a cool game. I I'm a big fan. Of, I love the gambling mechanic. Uh, I love the press your luck. I love the way that 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 works, and I'm super like I'm super into it. So I am very much here for all of this. Like the setting is my jam. The mechanics are my jam. This is. Very, very good. Good material. And uh, yeah, I mean, and the the Kickstarter is for um, to get the the Capers Covert supplement made, but there are backer tiers in there that'll allow you to get the uh, you know the base game at a, ch- a slightly cheaper price and everything too, and Excellent. the other supplement and other things. And there's there's lots of different ways you can do it. Um, and that then, rules. Yeah, and 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 on top of it, there's there's going to be a there's a backer level in there too that uh, gets you. Um, you know, they, you can get a hold of the accessory kind of stuff too. Some of that, um, mm-hmm. because there are, um, you know, I, I went all out with capers when I made that, and there are uh, capers themed playing cards where all of the all of the uh, face cards are NPCs from the game. Love it. And uh, there's you know moxie cards, which is kind of a rules variant thing you can use, and there's maps and minis, and, uh, like just you know paper Excellent. minis kind of stuff. And there's there's all sorts of stuff, and there's adventures and all sorts of stuff that you can get with the game. Um, so yeah, that's capers and capers covert. I loved it. That was fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show and playing it with me. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to see what happens with this guy now, with this uh, with Shanks I feel, here. I, I love I loved the story that we told. I love Shanks as a character. This is, this is everything that I love. I really want to see, and, and I understand the name of the podcast and why we're here, but there's a part of me that kind of wonders, like, you know, what would this guy be in a, in a team, too? Like a Mission yeah. Impossible-style team. Um, how would he relate to other people too? Because he's really full of himself. So that's a lot of fun. Oh, extremely so. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Thank you so much for playing with me. Real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Um, sure. There's the Kickstarter going on right now. You can look for Capers Covert. Um, you can find uh, all sorts of stuff that I'm working on at nerdburgergames.com. There's links there that'll get you to all sorts of other things, including um, my Discord, where we've got a nice little community of people. Um, uh, on Twitter, I am at nerdburgercraig. And, uh, yeah, that's me. I'm on the internet Fantastic. in a bunch of places. Love it. I mean, same. So I, I feel you. <laughs> well, Craig, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again, Craig, for coming on to the show. That game, that game was so good. I, I'm telling you, I love superheroes. I love spies. I love card-based role-playing games. There's a lot of stuff I love, and this pretty much hit all of my boxes. Be sure to hit the show notes for a link to the Capers Covert Kickstarter. Like I said, it's already funded. Go get your game, get your expansions, get your stretch goals, make it happen. And be sure to follow Craig on Twitter at NerdBurgerCraig. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us nice iTunes, Podchaser, Podbean, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a nice review. Leave us a nice rating. Help us stand out and help us grow and do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also just, you know, tell a friend, give us some love on social media. Do whatever, whatever, whatever way you want to spread the word about Party of One. I deeply appreciate it. It always makes my day. Uh, you can also support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. That supports not just the podcast that I create, but the games I design, the community support stuff I do, all of that good stuff. Uh, lastly, if you want to just kind of hang out with us and talk about the show and about gritty and wrestling and all of the other good things in the world, you should head over to bit.ly slash party of one discord and join the party of one discord community. It's a good group of people talking about good, fun stuff. What's not to love? That's bit.ly slash party of one discord. 
Speaking of things that are good and that you should love and that you will love when you give them a chance, All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano, Saez, and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage, or about guest appearances on the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always... Party on, everybody.